This way, Bernice. Quickly! It is a day in the not-too-distant future. Scandal Sheet co-hosts that and Bernice have barely escaped detection from an encroaching army of zombies by ducking into an apparently empty apartment building. Bernice! This apartment's unlocked! Get in! I think we get away from them without being spotted. What happened to Ellie, anyway? We became separated in the melee outside. I'm attempting to establish her location. Okay, good. Look, I guess I should have taken your advice, Bernice. Correct. In retrospect, the Walt Disney Spring Cruise would have been a far superior vacation option than visiting the heart of the zombie apocalypse. The Disney Cruise has an excellent water slide, an open bar, and a midnight buffet each night. The band journey was the opening act. Don't stop I get it, I get it. Look, I screwed up this time. Only this time? There will be plenty of opportunity for a blame game later. But at this moment, we just need to get out of here. We're just sitting ducks for the zombies, right? While that is correct, we have very few options at this precise moment. Please do not do anything rash until we have fully assessed our situation. Well, at least I'm gonna kill some of those cannibal bastards! Please do not do that. Take that, you bastards! Stop, Mr. Halkley. You are alerting them to our location with your gunshots. Oh, shit. I messed up again, didn't I? You did. But I tried to warn you. Well, I guess this is it for us. It may be for you, but not for me. I am here courtesy of this city's excellent Wi-Fi. My base server is actually located in a remote underground location in the Yukon. And zombies don't eat circuit boards anyway. Thanks for the lack of sympathy, Bernice, but we're a little busy here. You know, had we gone on the Disney cruise, I hear the truffle-infused popcorn shrimp on their buffet is to die for. <laughs> Maybe poor choice of words, Bernice! I don't think I can hold this floor much longer! Bernice and Thad, this is Kasia. I'm here to rescue you. Watch out for the glasses. We break the skylight. Kasia? Kasia, is that you? Thank God! Yeah, well, you can finally pay my invoices as thanks. Grab the rope ladder, quickly. We'll get you out of there. Grab hold, Bernice. I am. Hang on, everybody. Here we go. Ah! <laughs> Holy crap. Seconds, Bernice. Thank you so much, Cassia, for saving us. You came in the nick of time. Happy to lend a hand. But since you're just hanging there, maybe we can talk about renegotiating my contract? True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal Sheets! Hello everyone, and welcome to Scandal Sheet. My name is Thad Helsley, the original Podfather. And I am joined, as always, by my millennial co-host and drug dealer. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I am joined, as always, by my millennial co-host, Ellie. Ellie, how are you? I am great. I'm soaking up the summer. I've been camping with the bears up here in Alaska. So yeah, I am. Yeah, how's, I was going to ask about that. How do you, I mean, what is camping in May like in Alaska? Like here, May is like the best weather of the year. It's like 75, 80 degrees, perfect to go camping. But 
when I look at the weather in Alaska, it looks like it's sort of like a winter camp out. Well, it has. So we had like a really late spring this year and winter just extended way beyond um, its its welcome point. So yeah, it's been a little chilly at night. Um, But as long as you're at like a low elevation, say like down on the beaches or something like that, then it's it's pretty, pretty good. But yeah, you're mostly looking at like high 50s in the day. So the nice thing is you never sweat. Okay. Well, they say that on Everest too. Um, <laughs> but are you like, what kind of camper? Are you like in a, in a little fabric REI tent or are you in a, an RV? I mean, what, what kind of a camper are you? It depends on the situation. So I like tent camping. We also really like sometimes staying in yurts or like public use cabins or sometimes there are fancier public use cabins or sometimes they're just dry cabins. You know, that's basically like a shack out in the middle of nowhere. It's like nothing more than a hard-sided tent. It just kind of mm. depends on the on the situation and on the adventure. But yeah, this last time was a bunch of yurts. So it was pretty fun. Cool, cool. And no episode of Scandal Sheet would be complete without our artificial intelligence engine, Bernice. Are we really doing zombies today? Really? Why not sea monsters, mermaids, or even the Easter Bunny? Sea monsters and mermaids might not be a bad idea, Bernice, but I'm going to have to look into the Easter Bunny, though. I've always creeped out a little bit about rodents giving candy to kids. But anyways, Ellie, Bernice just blew my lead. We are going to examine the scandal of zombies today. Yeah, so zombies, you know, Thad, when you were mentioning that we were going to do zombies for the podcast, you mentioned that they were your least favorite monster. And so I was curious why they're your least favorite monster or we can wrap back around that like we can wrap back around to that later in the episode but I just wanted to know why why you felt so strongly about zombies about your distaste for zombies well you know and I was I I think part of it was I was my dad he was he was older than the average dad he grew up in the depression and my parents didn't get married until they were after 40. So they were they were just sort of older people. And so when I was a little kid in the 70s, you know, what my dad loved to watch were like these horror movies from the 30s. So the original Dracula, the original Frankenstein, the original Mummy, all of these uh, things that, you know, all of those became iconic monsters, right? And, and they've been reimagined many, many times over. But they're more classically gothic whereas when i saw you know one of the things we'll talk about is the kickoff movie for for zombies is night of the living dead which you know i was you know a really barely alive in 1968 so i didn't see it until i was in high school so that was the first time i was really exposed to zombies and it's really scary you know they they actually gave them the people playing the zombies raw meat to eat so they would, you know, they, it's a low budget film, but it, realistically, they tear people apart and eat their guts on camera. So it was like, yikes, <laughs> I'm going back to oh. Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then you're he like, he was just afraid of fire. That. that was the, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I wasn't a kid. I was probably like a sophomore in high school, but still I, I freaked me out, man. Yeah. That was a bad yeah. day. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, so yeah. I can see why they're at the bottom of your monster list. So, you know, Ellie, I've been among the many, many people. So I've been in media now for more years than I want to admit, uh, both entertainment and news and, and et cetera. But I was among the many people that thought that the 50-year run of this zombie genre in movies, television, comic books, video games, mobile apps, had finally come to an end, an unceremonious end. But I was dead wrong. Get it? Dead? Dead, dead wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, Forrest Gump guy. <laughs> let's, let's continue. <laughs> sure. So everything... Zombie-related in mainstream media, pop culture, entertainment has absolutely failed financially and critically since COVID started around 2020. And maybe part of that was due to COVID because maybe, you know, the whole infected thing was too close to home. So, for example... AMC, the cable, basic cable channel, The Walking Dead, which at one time was the highest rated uh, scripted TV drama in history, uh, at least it was for six or seven seasons, came crashing to the ground and sunk down to the Mariana Trench for its final four seasons. It died like a zombie with a bullet to the head. But you've got an example too, right? Yeah, billionaire movie blockbuster director Zack Snyder came out with his big budget zombie movie in 2021 called Army of the Dead. And it also just flopped as if Mount Everest were a stack of pancakes. And honestly, I never even heard of it. Um, and that's the point is that is that you know, they make a if you never heard of a movie where they spent half a billion dollars to make and promote and targeted at your age group, right? As most of these sort of Marvel comics, zombie movies are. And you never even heard of it. That's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it went over like a lead balloon. Exactly, exactly. So even though the point and purpose of a zombie is to be undead, it just seemed like in the, there was a consensus that this genre was over with and you know finally my god we were so sick of it but then in 2020 hbo greenlighted a tv series that was based on a very popular and very financially successful video game that takes place in a post-apocalyptic world that has zombies and the video game was 10 years old it came out in 2013 and it was called the last of us do you want to pick it up from there ellie Sure. So Hollywood has attempted to adapt popular video games to the big screen over the years, but it has never been especially profitable to date. And the movie rights for the game were purchased almost immediately, but then it languished in Hollywood purgatory year after year after year. And then suddenly it was reborn at HBO in 2020, just as COVID was raging. And I guess they just asked, you know, like, hey, do we have any plague dramas in development? And the CEO was curious on how to capitalize on COVID, as everyone was. And so somebody said, yeah. And The Last of Us was then rescued from hell. Dun, 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 dun. And this is not a movie or a TV podcast, Ellie. The only reason I bring this particular series up today is because it proved to the entertainment industry, that the zombie franchise was not dead. In fact, 
it now it seems like it's more popular than ever. Doggone it. Now we have to suffer through another 10 years of this crap. But <laughs> the viewership of this series equal or exceeded the previous record holder for all TV, which was the Game of Thrones series. You know, so they were doing like 40 plus million viewers a week in the U.S. alone. And it could have been closer to half a billion around the world. Yeah. And, you know, that was super interesting to hear about because even just in researching a little bit for this podcast, I I had completely forgotten about The Walking Dead. You know, I remembered how popular it was back when it was in its prime. And then I actually completely forgot about the final four seasons. Like I only watched a few episodes here and there anyway of the show, but I thought I actually didn't realize that it fizzled out so horrendously. I think instead of the zombie genre being like classified as dead, I think we just have to kind of acknowledge that it's on a cycle. It's back alive, and then it dies, and then it's alive, and then it dies. Things fizzle out. People waste money on big budget Hollywood blockbusters and stuff like that. But I I think it's just a cycle. I don't think it'll ever officially be dead. Well, you know, I think of other genres that that were really important in the entertainment industry like westerns which i think anybody would say are pretty much dead at this point like you don't remember i mean they started in the silent days and they were really big in like the 30s 40s 50s and old john wayne movies on tv so you may have seen some of those when's the last time you saw a western yeah but now (laughs) it's coming back in a different way with like yellowstone okay all right yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. And all of It's like spins. a modern Western, right? Yeah. 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 So it just comes back in a more modern way. But getting back to zombies. So, you know, I was a in high schooler when I first saw Night of the Living Dead. It was it was very terrifying because we're all going to die eventually. And and then of course there are no good ways to go, I guess, except maybe just falling asleep and not waking up. But Dying is is a very long way off for you personally, but how would you like to die? Or let me rephrase that. What would be the worst way to die, in your opinion? Okay, first of all, if I die over the next two weeks, I am personally going to blame you for jinxing me. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're jinxing each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, shoot, the worst way to die. Oh, I can think of so many. Personally, like, I don't love, it would have to be some thing of, like, swimming in the ocean and, like, a shark attack or something. But, like, maybe I'm, like, drowning and, like, inhaling salt water, but I'm not actually, like, I can't die, right? I, it's not going to be over. I just have to be underwater with like salt water up my nose or something like that, like for eternity, that that would be like the worst way for me to die. That would be worse than being eaten alive while you're wide awake. Yeah, yeah. I okay. just I don't I don't like being like I I'm not like a water like I I like being on the water. I don't like being in the water. So I think it would have to be something where like I'm I'm in the water because like I'm already so uncomfortable. Whereas like here, just in the air with oxygen, I'm comfortable, but not in the water. What 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 about you? Well, I almost drowned twice as a little kid, and uh, I don't remember the actual experience of it. I just remember it sort of intellectually. But you know, people that have almost 
literally drowned and then, you know, they were saved and then they brought him back to life or whatever, have said that actually there's a euphoria that you experience before you go unconscious. So maybe drowning isn't the worst. I mean, the Titanic was not the worst way to go. Well, but don't, isn't that why that euphoria though, everybody feels that right before they die, right? Like that's why people are constantly like trying to overdose on drugs you know, other than a zombie movie, which is fictional, that so somebody being eaten alive doesn't look like they're having euphoria. But let's say, how many nature documentaries have you seen where a lion attacks an antelope or some other animal and rips it to pieces alive? That antelope doesn't look like he's experiencing euphoria. Yeah, that's very <laughs> But I don't think they have, I don't think they have the same, like those mind channels that we do like I think every they were I like I've I've it's been a long time since I've listened to podcasts on this but like I think it's like that human it's like the human consciousness right before a human dies there is this like moment of like euphoria it's like the hormones that your brain releases that is I guess like telling your body it's okay to like release and then like die and kind of like go into this happy place and so I think it's not just drowning I think it's also the that's why so many people try to like who who are like drug addicts are like going to the brink of death and like trying to experience that as much as possible right not not that that's the only reason they're doing drugs but I'm just saying like I've I've heard that in like various death scenarios so I don't think an antelope being eaten by a lion has the same consciousness as a human. And that's why they don't experience the euphoria. So I'm not going to be able to get you to say, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say maybe zombies are still alive, but dead because they never experienced that level of euphoria, like right before they died. And so they're almost dead, but they're not like they haven't actually experience that like final glimmer of like the peak of human consciousness and then lights out maybe well you're being very philosophical but i'm not going to be able to get you to admit that being eaten alive while you're awake is a bad way to go you're going to be like sure i'd do that hell no. i'd do that every saturday night man i would much rather do that <laughs> i would much rather okay. do that right. what but what about you what's the worst way for you to die Oh, that would be, that's definitely the worst I can imagine. Now, being burned alive looks really scary to me too. That's the other thing that I think would really hurt. It would, it would happen really fast, right? Because you, you know, every time it's depicted, I mean, you're dead in seconds, right? You know, you, you go unconscious. Whereas being eaten alive, depending on where they start, could take a long time, you know, and how fast are they? You know, so what if they start on your legs and start working up? This could be 30 minutes of torture. I don't know. When, when someone gets attacked by a shark, you know, they talk about, you know, when their foot got bitten off. And initially, they don't feel anything. And then there's just a an, an horrible, horrible searing pain. But it doesn't kick in right away. Apparently, because maybe for something like what you were saying, but I think there's a natural defense mechanism in our bodies to anesthetize pain in the middle of adrenaline or something like that. So that's just like a shark will like bite you and then leave. There's a lot of people with missing limbs because of sharks, right? But imagine him going all the way up, <laughs> right up to your brain, you know, with that being the last part of it. 
scary to me. Uh, yeah. 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 That's a good point. I guess I, but still, I, I, I think I would rather be eaten alive than uh, die by a shark attack. But I forgot about the burning one. I forgot about fire. Well, I hope you don't get your wish. I, I'm going to have to go back and think about this for a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can get back to us on that one. <laughs> okay. So, Bernice, for listeners that don't know what a zombie is historically, please briefly tell us what, what, where they came from, what they are, and then how have they been depicted in the 20th and 21st century in pop culture and media? A zombie is a mythological undead creature created through the reanimation of a human corpse. Today, zombies are most commonly found in horror and fantasy genre works. The term originates from Haitian folklore and was first recorded by European explorers in the 16th century. In the legends, a zombie is a dead body reanimated through magical practices or in religions like voodoo. However, modern media depictions of the reanimation of the dead often do not involve magic but rather science fictional methods such as fungi, radiation, mental diseases, or parasites. A new version of the zombie myth, distinct from that described in Haitian folklore, emerged in popular culture during the latter half of the 20th century. This interpretation of the zombie is drawn largely from George A. Romero's film Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Since then, Romero-style zombies have been portrayed in well over 100 film and television shows, as well as innumerable comic books and video games. Romero's three gruesome innovations or changes to the genre were immediately embraced by imitators and have continued for many decades and into today. His first innovation, zombies are cannibals with an insatiable desire to eat living human flesh. This motivates their behavior completely. Zombies will never eat one another. The second, once a human receives as little as a single bite from a zombie, they will quickly become a zombie themselves. And lastly, the only way to kill a zombie is to destroy their brain. This could be a bullet fired at the skull of the gold but it can also be sharp objects or blunt instruments that destroy their heads. Ellie, there are so many scary uh, superstitions in our culture. We mentioned some before. There's vampires and werewolves and Frankenstein's monster and mummies. This is, you know, uh, uh, armies murdering aliens, swarms of killer bees from Africa. And heck, you know, there have been 13 movies in the Halloween franchise alone. 13 films with essentially the same plot about a single knife-wielding, unkillable psychopath in a rubber mask uh, going after teenage girls. But, but somehow zombies seem extra horrific, maybe not to you, but uh, beyond these other goals. Why do you think that is? Yeah, so I think out of all these like evil forces of nature, the two most similar would be like vampires and zombies. Because they're both technically dead, but they can both only be killed in a very specific way. And they're also both in the cannibal family. So like vampires, they'll drink blood, while zombies will eat any and all parts of a human being. But vampires are typically portrayed as more sophisticated and sometimes even sexy. Like even in the first vampire film, Dracula from 1931, Bella Lugosi is always wearing a tux. And as movies went on, vampires got younger and, you know, sexier, kind of like in the um, Twilight series. And then zombies just got like more right. and more disgusting and they're half eaten and decayed. And actually, fun fact, one time I met an actress who was a zombie actress and 
all she said like what made her in walking dead or no, something this was before that and oh, she wow. was just yeah so this has been back in like 2010 i think and like i just met her one time just kind of like briefly in passing like at a bars i think like a breakfast like a brunch thing or something like that but she was saying that like the hardest part of her job was literally just being in makeup she's basically like a human dummy sometimes like like 12 hours in the makeup chair for like a 15 minute scene you know because the makeup is just so intense and yeah i guess if uh, but anyway but that's why zombies are just these like dead looking creatures that are just decrepit and old and lifeless and whereas like vampires still have souls zombies don't really have souls and that's why that is that's another thing that makes them scary is that like you say you know because because like in all of these movies and comic books and stuff like that the people that become zombies usually are your girlfriend your wife your husband your kids you know, your mom, your dad, and then they turn on you immediately and try to kill you. So, I mean, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think even there was like that one show with Drew Barrymore, where she kind of became like a zombie and like wanted to eat like all the dead people or something like that. It was like, maybe 10 years ago or so. And I think it was a little bit of a flop. That was the same thing. She had to like really restrain herself from like trying to eat like her daughter and her husband. And I think it was a show on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's like that, that fear that like, oh my God, what if everybody around me just loses their personality? Like what if they're all faking it and then they just lose their personality and they just want to like eat my, you know, intestines or whatever. Exactly. Like they throw you a surprise birthday party and it really is, you're the entree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Surprise. <laughs> surprise. But, you know, this is what's weird because it's not like, you know, the, going back to the fascination we have with this particular uh, monster, it's not like that, that we as people don't have enough legitimate things to worry about. I mean, we just got through a pandemic that killed 7 million people worldwide. We're dealing with uh, climate change, spiraling inflation, the worst political division since World War II, debt ceilings and uh, uh, wars in Europe and in Africa, and the list goes on and on. So why do we feel compelled to immerse ourselves in these trillion-dollar franchise about mythical existential threats that seek to destroy us and, and the world? Well... I think the reason is twofold. One, (laughs) one, like I mentioned, I think we're all always on the brink of like losing our own personalities and being like part zombie because we're all just like so tired all the time. We're all just like, go, go, go. And we all feel like we are like one sleepless night away from just like losing our shit and like eating somebody else or whatever right like we're just like like everybody's just like go 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 all the time and like we're just a shell of a person but I think the other reality too beyond that is Mm -hmm. it is also completely unrealistic Mm. so you're right we do have a lot of other things to legitimately worry about but this is just like a mystical thing that we can kind of you know, portray our fears on and we know it's like not actually going to happen, right? Like we know it's not actually going to be like, we know that there's not actually going to be a zombie apocalypse, right? So you can kind of 
just push all of your other fears onto that. So you're saying in a, in a weird, cynical way, this is a form of escapism? Yeah, escapism. That's the word I'm like, looking like, for. Yeah. Like during the Depression, all the movies were about people in tuxedos and cocktail dresses, sipping martinis yeah. in Manhattan. And all the people, the jobless people uh, in the streets were supposed to look at that and not not take away their troubles for, for 90 minutes or whatever. But you're saying this is what we're doing by doing something even more impossibly horrible than we could possibly imagine that makes us worry less about the fact that a Chilean sea bass costs fifty dollars yes. a pound at the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. Okay. yeah, because why worry about the price of Chilean sea bass at the grocery store when you could become a zombie and eat your neighbor for free? Ah, <laughs> good point. Good point. So, I did you have a chance to look at that PDF of the for the Center for Disease Control? I saw it. I saw just the cover page of it I didn't actually get to see like like I guess I didn't really read through the whole thing because once I saw it was like 42 pages I was a little and it's oh, done as like a comic book yeah like a graphic novel yeah. but I just was like is this some kind of a joke I mean because the government is usually the federal government is usually extremely humorless so I wasn't sure what was going on there. Well, I was a little confused by that too. So that when I when you first sent it to me, I thought it was just a joke. I thought it was just a poster. And I guess for our listeners, they so there's the CDC has put out zombie pandemic preparedness kit. And that's what we're referencing right now. And yeah, I mean I did not act like I just thought it was a joke as well. I thought it was like maybe a poster. But yeah, it's like this really well put together, like zombie educational brochure and, and stuff. And I, I'm with you. Like I thought, I thought the government was normally not that funny, but I don't, do they actually think it's an issue? Like, is there something we don't know about? Like, is there something emerging, emerging from Area 51? Well, that I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. Maybe I can dig into it a little further. I didn't know. I, you know, the one thing I read was like, they just wanted people to maybe more like what you were saying that by, by doing this, it would make people think of emergency preparedness, you know, a, a flood or a hurricane seems like nothing compared to the zombie apocalypse, you know? So if you can get them to pay attention to this, the other stuff, you know, maybe they'll take that a little more seriously, right. you know, before it's too late. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. But hey, I think if zombie apocalypse happens, then the the CDC can't be like, hey, we d it's not like we didn't give you information. It's not like we didn't try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gave you guys a chance. It's really a CYA thing. The other thing I wanted to get your take on, and you know, in on the subject of our bizarre and, and near psychotic uh, reaction to, to this mythical being, are zombie walks. Do you know what a zombie walk is? From like fifth grade dance class or something like that. Yeah. Like I think I had to do a few. But nothing like I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in zombie walks. Bernice, tell us a little bit about zombie walks. A zombie walk is an organized public gathering of people who dress up in zombie costumes. Participants usually meet in an urban center and make their way around the city streets and public spaces in an orderly fashion. Zombie walks can be organized simply for entertainment or with a purpose, such as a charitable cause. Originating in North America during the 2000s, 
zombie walks have occurred throughout the world. It's absolutely nutbag. I mean, there are several around here. Hundreds, thousands of people. It's like as big as the Christmas parade. Oh, where people actually go out and walk in a zombie. Oh, I thought you meant they just go like the motion downtown of a to the. No, no, they go downtown by the thousands. They all dress up as zombies. Adults, adults. We're not talking little kids in the Halloween parade. Adults, and they all, and they really go out. And I sent you a YouTube link from CNN where they had all these shots of people. It's nuts. And I just don't know why. You know, and I like to get dressed up for Halloween and stuff like that. But I don't know if I'm crazy enough to do this. So is that going to be like a new sport? You know how like they're kind of com- coming up with like all these new sports, you know, like is it going to be like a zombie walk half marathon or something like that? You know, where it's like, how fast can you do a zombie, zombie walk, walk pickleball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got like speed, like I guess speed walking is or like race walking. That's not new, but you know, it's just like there's some of those like really niche sports out there. And I think that a uh, a zombie walk could be a new sport. So just throwing that out there. Well, it's definitely becoming a tradition like the Christmas parade um, or, you know, similar things, the Fourth of July parade. But it's just a lot more, you know, those things are usually a little more upbeat. Everybody's waving flags and Santa Claus and actual dead people with their guts hanging out going, hey, just kind of weird. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So now that we're we're sort of wrapping this up and, and, you know, we've kind of covered zombies from a couple of different angles, but all of this pseudoscience and superstition aside, what do you think, and you've already made some comments, but what do you think zombies actually represent in our collective psyche? Is it just, is are we just uh, impressing our fears upon uh, a mythical creature? I mean, why do we love to, to fear them so much? I... I mean, my opinion is just that, you know, it's because we you were terrified of being like a shell of a human being without a soul. And that's what I think zombies are without, you know, like a personality. But I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, and I've been trying to poke around them. They are internet to see what what other people and there's a lot of PhDs that have written books about the psychology of of what zombies represent i mean it really goes into and there's this whole thing about this the culture of meaninglessness in our lives and alienation and et cetera et cetera et cetera and i and i'm sure a lot of that stuff uh, has some validity to it but you know i i don't know i i i just think that that I don't know, on on some visceral level, maybe we just still have, like I was raised as a, as a Catholic and deep down, you know, we, we, we have all this self-loathing due to original sin. So <laughs> maybe we want, we want to be killed. We want to be torn to pieces. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like that reality that it's that, like, that's the punishment that that's coming to you, you know, like may like is that right. we all know that maybe that's that's like what we deserve deep down or something exactly like all of our sins in the form of you know a guy with half of his face missing breaks through the door and then tears you to pieces and then you become just like him <laughs> and yeah. you go next door and, and take yeah. out the next person I I am even more surprised by the fact that there are PhDs who've written books about zombies. I didn't realize that that was such a uh, 
I didn't realize that was such a, a hot topic, a hot academic topic. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a way to sell books, right? Because I'm not sure what, you know, if you just write a book about psychiatry, who's going to buy that? But if you put a zombie on the cover, it's like, hey, I'll buy that book. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just we're all afraid of losing our soul and losing our personality and just still being stuck here, wandering around sitting in traffic, dealing with the HOA in our neighborhood, all those things, but still not having the personality to enjoy it. We hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platform and share it with all your friends. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you. You can reach us online at scandalsheetpod.com, Facebook, or Twitter, or just send us an email to contact at scandalsheetpod.com. See you next time on Scandal Sheet. Copyright 2023. Thad Helsley Media LLC. All rights reserved.